This is the Clutch Picks Sports Betting Podcast, Week 7 NFL Picks. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and I'm joined, as always, by the Spores Lead Betting Analyst, Mr. Matt Russell. And I gotta say, before I, I, I give you some, some time here, I gotta say, you know what? I'm okay. Despite the fact we have a down week, I had a down week with the picks, but I'm okay. We're all right. We understand these weeks happen, and that's why we enjoy the good weeks when they come, because when the bad weeks happen, it's just an opportunity for a bounce back. And boy, do we need a bounce back after last week's 4-11 and 11 against the spread, bringing the season total for the Sheldon Says picks to 50, 41, and 2. We didn't fully... I didn't fully give everything back from the start of the season, but we're damn near close. It just means you got to ride the wave. That's why That's why I'm about the waves, right? Got to enjoy the waves, good and bad. Mr. Matt Russell, how are you doing after a very weird week in the NFL? I'm good. Uh, I was really a lot more closer to 500, so I'm not in that depth of despair uh, section of the program where you're at, which, I mean, listen, we've all been there, right? And it's like you have to remember that it is just a small tiny sample size whether you want to talk about the 270 some odd games in the nfl season or the thousands and thousands of bets that you're going to make in your life and obviously we talk about how you know not necessarily every one of these are you know bets per se but you know we try to help people out and we tried to help people out last week by completely um skipping over a game that ended up <laughs> yes. in, in in the loss column you know so i think funny? I think our notes going forward are if we could just skip the games that we're going to lose, that'd be great. I, <laughs> you were on the right track with Cleveland. We got to talk about the Cleveland, San Francisco fiasco. There's a last lot to week talk about. where, you know, if you, you know, if you flip that from an L to a W, it doesn't look so bad necessarily, but um yeah, you know it's funny. Yeah, so the game, shout out to our viewers of the pod, and it just goes to show, you know, how important and an important part that Twitter is and the online community that we've been able to build for the people who watch and follow the pod. Last week, I didn't realize that I forgot a game. And as soon as I looked at, I went back to the notes and I looked, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what happened. I write out all the notes. And then as I'm making the graphics and the keys, I'm copying and pasting and switching the orders of the games because the orders that I make the picks in aren't the same order that we do in the games. So as I'm copying and pasting and moving stuff up and down the lineup, yeah. the Lions game got missing, got lost in translation. And that should have been a precursor to me to let me know, A, yeah. I'm wrong on that pick. And B, this just might be a telltale of what was about to happen to me on the weekend. And I was so like disinterested <laughs> in talking about that game. I didn't even notice. Like sometimes yeah. I'll be like, are we going to get to this game? Like I'm really looking forward to talking about this game. Yeah. Like I didn't want anything to do with that game. There's, you know, there's a couple of different games I didn't really want anything to do with. And that was certainly one of them. Um, but yeah, no, uh, first time in four years, I think uh, we've just flat out missed a game, but uh, you know, sums up the week, I guess. But yeah, that's a, that's one week. We got through the next week, right? So time to move on. Yes, we are here, and it is week seven of the NFL season. Uh, I'm double taking when I see that because I'm just like, oh yeah, it actually is week seven. Like I saw the key up in the control room, and I was questioning the control room for a second. Like, right. is that right? Had to double check the notes. It's surprised there's anybody left in the control room after missing the game last week. I <laughs> thought we were going to fire everybody in the control room. Fire the entire staff. Yes. Well, new, I mean, new blood. Let's be honest here. If I was going to fire anyone from last week, it was going to be myself. So, <laughs> with that said, moving on to week seven. Week seven, there are six teams on a bye, which yeah. 
is a lot. We're gonna have to go out of our way to miss a game this week because there's just not there isn't that many of them to uh to not to not. I can't include. lie to you. I counted to thirteen multiple times between what's on my notes, what's the the graphics that are in the control room, and all that fun stuff. So I hope that I'm okay here with the amount of games that we have. And as always, we start on Thursday night football. We got the Jags at the Saints. Saints at home favored by a point. And an early theme that we'll talk about this week is injured QBs. Injuries all around, but injured QBs. There's a lot of backups at play, and this will be a key for me asking you about some of these dudes that I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know whose man's these are, right? <laughs> Going to be very honest with you. Yeah. But Trevor Lawrence has a knee sprain. This is the most important thing. He, last check, he says he's optimistic he will play. My big issue is I did check to see who is his backup, and I am familiar with the work of my guy C.J. Bethard as a Niners fan, and I, I'm not about that life. But it seems like Trevor Lawrence might play as of now. Obviously, things change drastically, and it's a short week. It's a Thursday night. Things could get weird. But the main question I'm going to ask you throughout this pod is, what do we think this line says? Do we think this line says that Trevor Lawrence is playing or Trevor Lawrence is not playing? Because at Jags plus one, I'm going to be on the Jags here, and I'm going off of Trevor Lawrence optimistic he will play. Is that mm. the right read? Uh, yeah, listen, I don't know if that's the right re- read as There's far as a like lot the, there. Right, the, yeah, the right bet is concerned necessarily. So we saw this line. It basically uh, opened a pick em, uh, and that was kind of the look ahead line so that nothing really crazy changed. And, and why should it, right? We had you know pretty reasonable, nothing crazy happening over this past weekend other than the Trevor Lawrence injury. And so when it was sort of noted that like, yeah, he actually might not be good to go. We saw this line shoot up to three earlier this week for maybe a day um, under the idea that like, listen, it's a short week, like Trevor Lawrence, you know, walking around with a brace, like what are the, what's the likelihood that he's going to play? Um, obviously three being the key number, you know, if it went back to three, like, is that enough for your guy, CJ Beathard? And I, and it should be mentioned. We were thinking of trying to think of a name last week and I had someone submit a guess on who we were trying to think of as the, uh, you know, that backup quarterback. Okay. Remember how we were talking about like what backup quarterback was? Oh, I know who it was. I looked it up. Oh, I you did. It up. Is it the same? I, is it our guy touchdown Jesus, Charlie yes. Whitehurst? Charlie Whitehurst. Yes. Okay, it is. And okay. I totally forgot to mention. I looked it up during the pod. And I just totally forgot to bring oh, it back no up as we okay. things moving. I totally forgot, but I did look it up. And, and the images of his luscious locks popped up yeah. on my screen. I'm like, oh, yeah. Touchdown, Jesus. Uh, yeah, okay. So anyway, so if if Lawrence doesn't play and the line is three, what does that what you know, what does that translate with regards to a rating for the Jaguars, right? And so we pop that in to the old uh, machine here, and that would send them down to kind of around 45. Um out of maybe a little bit higher, but let's say 46 out of 100, but basically a below average team, right? I know the Jags in this game going to be a below average team if CJ Beathard plays. And I kind of think the answer to that is yes, because, you know, listen, <laughs> I'm not huge on the Saints per se, but yeah. like primetime game in New Orleans, like that's not, mm. you know, kind of an ideal circumstance. And like as much as it sort of sometimes sounds like voodoo or whatever, but like these situations, locations, circumstances matter, right? They matter to the 49ers last week in that in sort of a very unfamiliar setting, if you will. And we'll obviously talk a little bit more about that later on in, in the show. But, you know, like the Jags have 
gotten whatever they've gotten here off of a home game against, you know, Gardner Minshew. And that was a really disappointing showing from, from him, but like, that's just what you're going to get out of Gardner Minshew, I guess. Right. Like that's the inconsistencies of a backup quarterback. Um, and then obviously like beating the bills, which like, you know, I don't know if you, how much you remember that game, but like, I felt like I was sitting there watching that game going like, man, I feel like I'm, I should be downgrading both of these teams. Like somebody's going to have to win. And like, I hope the Jaguars do because we had them tied into the round robin underdog money line parlay. But I was looking at this going like, man, this Jags team should be winning this game by a lot more. And so I just kind of don't really have the same sort of feel for the Jags in, in a positive way that I think maybe the market does here. I so, gotcha. So at, at, at minus three, there's a very real possibility that we're sitting there going like CJ Beathard, like this ain't it, which is sort of a counter to where we've, you know, thematically this season. And honestly, uh, every other season that we've been doing this, right. As soon as the backup quarterback comes in and the line moves drastically, you know, it's probably a good idea to bet on the backup quarterback, right? Like mm-hmm. IE the Browns last week. Yeah. But if the lines only going to go from essentially pick them to minus three, like, is that a significant enough of a move that we're kind of covering ourselves, right? Because when you look at a line go to like 10 last week with, with San Francisco and Cleveland, you go like, you know, there's a lot of different ways that Cleveland can cover that point spread without it being necessarily all that pretty. And then mm-hmm. the other element with that game, and I know I'm sort of referring to a game that we're not even particularly talking about here, but it's like, what are you replacing? Because in the case of Deshaun Watson, like you weren't really replacing all that much based on how we've seen Deshaun Watson play. And that obviously was, you know, his mediocre play was what created the rating for, for the Browns. Trevor Lawrence, on the other hand, right? Like, not to say that he's the only thing they have going for them, but like he matters, right? Like he, he, is, he is a much better quarterback at this point than Deshaun Watson is, or at least relative to his, his team's success. And so, you know, again, it's not like we don't know what C.J. Beathard's up to. He's in this weird spot where it's like, yeah, we've seen him a couple of times, but unlike P.J. Walker, he didn't start five games last year. And yeah. a lot of this, right, with like guys just coming at you and zipping around and like the intensity of the game and obviously like a road environment is reps. And being comfortable in in these different environments, and like yeah, PJ Walker is never going to be a, a particularly going to great be a great quarterback, but at least he has experience of being sort of in the cauldron. Whereas like CJ Beathard, it's like what's the what cauldron has CJ Beathard been in basically in the last like five years, right? And the answer is like kind of none, right? But like I don't know, maybe he's a good locker room guy. He's just you know whatever, but essentially he is kind of just a guy. And so the way I look at this game is okay. Well, what happens if Trevor Lawrence plays in this game? Well, we got a guy who, again, C.J. Beathard has been do, has been taking the first team reps in practice this week, right? So we're short week road road team, you know, not practicing. They're the the QB one is not practicing and is going into an environment that is different than the pretty comfortable London environment where the Jags played, you know, two straight games in London. That's you know somewhat cozy for them and home games in and around that. And so I just look at this going like, yeah, I don't really love the Saints particularly here uh, or, or as, a, as a team. But like in this situation, like I kind of do like the Saints. And, okay. you know, like it's not like they've been bad all season long. They have obviously, you know, blowout win against the Patriots. Then you see them lose on the road against the Texans and lose at home against Tampa Bay. So there's a bunch of different results coming from the, from the Saints. So I think they're a little bit more like inconsistent than maybe we would necessarily expect for a team whose rating kind of hasn't changed for me all season long. So like I had this game rated as a pick So I think the price would have been necessarily fair, but when you're going to tell me that Trevor Lawrence, if he plays is going to be compromised in a circumstance that is pretty different than anything that they've faced this season, hmm. I'm going to be leaning towards the saints anyway. And so now that this line is minus one, 
I go, all right, I can either have the Saints essentially to win outright against a compromised Trevor Lawrence, or mm-hmm. I could buy it right now. Before the price of the brick goes the up. Price, yeah, exactly. Before the price <laughs> goes up because CJ Beathard's involved. Sorry, my bad. The wire. Yeah. Sorry. It's just always in my mind. CJ I'm sorry. the brick Beathard. I like it. <laughs> you know, because he might sink the team on, on, on uh... Thursday. So I just kind of look at it and I go, like, am I comfortable with the Saints? If Trevor Lawrence happens to play, knowing that obviously I think his mobility will be limited, Mm -hmm. right? Like I think at the very least that's the case. Yeah. And the Saints have a pretty good defense. And I'd like to think at three and three, like the crowd is still into the season. It's not like Ian Book is involved in this game, right? Like there Mm -hmm. should be a little bit more excitement for this game in New Orleans, knowing that they could go to, I believe four and three would be their record here. Obviously the division is exactly what we thought it was when it comes to like just, just finish 500 and you got a real chance to be in contention for the division title. So I don't know, maybe it's an unpopular pick. Maybe it isn't, but like, I kind of like the saints here and, and buy it now before we end up hitting like a minus three here against CJ, the brick Beathard. And by the way, that minus three might've just been that in-between number because we don't know this might end up closing four, four and a half. If Beathard's in the lineup. I think too, the, the tough part, the really tough part is a short week for the Jags, right? Like either way, this is the wrong time to be on a short week and heading into a place like New Orleans. You're totally right about that and about the uncomfortable uh, confines that they will be in in comparison to their last, what, two games in London and home games, right? Yeah. Four games. Like, I mean, what are we doing here? Especially because one of those London games were considered a road game for some reason against Buffalo, I think it was, right? Right. Either way, super strange stuff going on. I will change the pick. We are on the Saints. I'm on the Saints, minus one. And this is about the line. To me, this is about the line. And and just what side would you rather be on, depending on what's going to happen. If Trevor Lawrence does come back, you know what I mean? That line, where's that going to go in comparison? And the reality is, it's a knee injury. And, you know. And a non-conference yeah. game, by the way, right? And so mm-hmm. when you're sitting around, you're looking at the landscape of the division. And honestly, that probably should be the only thing that really matters for them. Because I don't yeah. know that they're like, their eyes are on, you know, bye week for the playoffs, right? It's kind of like this, win this division. <laughs> and you look at it and you go like, Anthony Richardson's injured. We've already beaten the Colts twice. They're, yeah. in, they're in the, in the rear view mirror. The Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill appears to be out. And like, I don't know if you saw what Malik Willis was running out there. Like, that's not going to be it. And we'll he get was, there. And he was the deemed the better option from Will Levis. So like, I would kind of look at Tennessee and be like, no, I think we're, I think we're all set there. And then obviously the only other team to, to sort of deal with is the Texans. And of course they lost that game to the Texans. So like, yes, they're the team that they're going to compete with, but what's the ceiling on the Texans? Like, is it going to require 12 wins to win the AFC South? Like, I don't think it's going to. And so when you're talking about a game where you're not even, you know, sort of beating a team or playing a team here that you're competing for a wild card with, because they're off in the NFC, they're off doing their own thing, trying to win an, a South division. Yeah. Like, why would you put Trevor Risky. Lawrence at risk right beyond the idea of like long term like you don't want to get this guy like super hurt he's the you know franchise quarterback even in the short term like why would you do this and like when we talk about like the unfamiliar circumstances and it's you know worth mentioning here it's their first true road game since week one yeah I mean, think about that, right? Like you said, like you said, like, yeah, they somehow got assigned a, 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 you know, that London game was a road game and like, that's cool for them. But like one of them was a home game. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. But there's three home games in and around that two of those were losses too, by the way. Right. And listen, they barely scraped by the Colts in that first road game. So like, when I say super, like, you know, different tough type conditions, like that's what I'm talking about here. No other team hasn't played a road game since week one. I can promise you that. 
super strange stuff indeed with you're looking at this schedule here and with all the like different options they've now put in in terms of you can choose when your bye week is and all that fun stuff it's just strange strange little nooks and crannies in the schedule you notice all the time nowadays i find um but let's keep it moving here again the pick is new orleans saints minus one on thursday night let's see how that plays out we keep it going with the lions at the ravens Ravens at home, three-point favorites. And this is a tough one for the Lions because at first glance, I look at this and I think, okay, this is supposed to be one of those spots for them that's a tough game, right? Like we've seen them do really well so far this season, but going into Baltimore to play a a tough Ravens team, this is supposed to be a spot that could be a schedule loss. You look at that game. The problem with that is, and I'm on the Lions plus three, I don't know, man. The Lions look like they are just doing work right now. And I know they didn't look incredible last week, but I thought that was another tough spot, right? Potential tough spot going into Tampa Bay to play a solid Tampa Bay team. Not a great Tampa Bay team, but a solid team. Mm -hmm. So I look at this and I say I'm getting three points with the Lions, which I probably think is a better team just period anyways. Plus I add in just the Ravens continue to just be the strangest team. Last week, they should have blown that game if your boy, you mentioned Malik Willis, understood, hey, maybe I should go out of bounds here to give my team another opportunity to, I don't know, tie the game. But, hey, no, I'll stay inbound. It gets, like, that just made no sense. Bottom line, though, the Ravens got kind of lucky that Tannehill got hurt. And they still can't put teams away. Their offense still looks a little shady. Meanwhile, the Lions are firm in who they are and what they do. Give me the Lions plus three in this one. This is a tough game, you know, I think because obviously you look at it and you go like, yeah, Lions plus three, like I'll take the points. And obviously you get into the element of like (laughs) the fact that their ATS record is basically like unbelievable since Dan Campbell took over. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be one of those things where we look back and we're already looking back going like, man, why don't I just bet the Lions every week and just kind of (laughs) not even pay attention to it. But that's why we keep ratings, right? Because we get to follow along and go like, well, are they just, is the ratings on this team? Like, they keep going up and they still surpass it or are we just keeping in in sort of a uh you know frustratingly um stubborn way i guess you'd say just kind of keeping them the same rating because it's lions and like how good could they possibly be and they keep surpassing that rating like now you're starting to see them move up a little bit here right Mm -hmm. so we've always kind of talked about them within the context of being in the mid 50s and now they've started to reach into the low 60s right and so it's like okay once you hit low 60s now you're into kind of conversation about like deep playoff run type of team right where you're into the top eight essentially in the league the top four in your conference and i think obviously that's the conversation with the lions that being said right like we talked about circumstances with the previous game and you go like you know it's supposed to not be rainy it's supposed to be not be that baltimore rain stuff Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be pretty windy on Sunday. Yeah. And we get into that Jared Goff, like in the wind, in, in, you know, uh, you know, inclement oh, yeah. weather yeah. where it becomes a different game than, Hey, you need to cover nine against Carolina mm-hmm. or, you know, Hey, you need to, you know, cover three against Tampa Bay and, you know, Tampa Bay, you know, listen, you can take all of this stuff with like a grain of salt, but after the game, you know, they were pretty disappointed. They're like, you know, we played, bad like baker was like i played bad like you know blah 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 but that still was a four-point game late and it's funny mm-hmm. because you know i'm kind of wa- keeping my eye on jameson williams because you know he's sort of 
you know, he's kind of what the Lions need as far as like being able to stretch the field and that sort of thing. But you watch him play for the first six quarters of his return after the, the suspension for gambling. And you're like, I don't think this guy's it. Like he's yeah. dropping the short passes. It just doesn't seem like it's making, you know, it's going to necessarily work. And I realize that's sort of a short, um, you know, point of view. And then they throw the deep ball to him. And it doesn't even look right either because he's looking up and it's like, am I going to catch? And he doesn't catch it cleanly, but like he catches it and it's a touchdown. And all of a sudden that game goes from four to 11 at that point, right? And obviously that becomes, okay, well now the Buccaneers need to be throwing the ball a lot more and it changes the script for the rest of that game. So all that is to say is like, if the Buccaneers felt really badly about how they played and then they got their usual couple of drops from you know super washed up mike mike evans so i don't know that they should be surprised necessarily about that but like if baker mayfield gets the ball past the one arm that was <laughs> extending out towards him early on in that game maybe mike evans actually catches a ball i mean you can't assume that certainly and maybe he he somehow runs the length of the field despite being slower than basically um all of the defensive backs on any opposing team and I realize I'm beating up Mike Evans here, but like these are the sort of thin lines that we are need we're needing to cross here when it comes to covering these games. Every game seems to have that one play, whether it's in the first quarter, like I think that deep pass that got knocked down, deflected, and intercepted, or some other play. Maybe it's the literal last play of the game, which you know happened obviously in a couple of different games this past week. So I just look at it and I go like, man, maybe the Lions are just kind of keep getting not lucky necessarily, but they keep winning that high leverage, you know, type of situation. But the injuries are piling up for the Lions. And this is obviously a different scenario. But it's, the problem is, if you're betting the Ravens, you're requiring the Ravens to win and win by margin. And that might be the case because every you know three times a year, maybe twice a year, you get that Ravens game where it's like, all right, a lot, a lot of time it's against a division rival, mm -hmm. you know, a Bengals game at home on like a Sunday night, something along those lines, where you're like, yeah, like that's the Ravens. Everything's the clicking. Ravens. Yeah, everything's clicking. And that's, and that's what we're looking for. So... Like I lean to that because I can just see the element of like, are, are the things that are going to go well offensively or that need to go well offensively for the lions with David Montgomery out, uh, you know, we're getting into like what the third running back here. And, you know, I don't know if Jameer Gibbs necessarily going to be back, but I don't know if that necessarily matters because we don't even know if he's good necessarily. Yeah. Right. We know that David Montgomery for all of, you know, how well it may or may not have gone in Chicago. Like we know he's pretty good. And again, like I'm watching the offense and it's like a Jamison Williams bomb on third and 10 that could honestly probably could have gotten dropped in a lot of circumstances or at least got knocked away. Like that was the key to the key play for that game. And it's like, well, you know, what is going to be the key play offensively for the Lions here? And, you know, I have a hard time kind of seeing one on yeah. the road against Baltimore's defense, even though, listen, I don't, you know, Baltimore's offense uh, red zone efficiency bad like just yeah it, you know it, it's not all that exciting here and i know that people are you know anxiously looking forward to betting on the lions here at plus at a plus price because of the you know against the spread record that they have but it is worth mentioning that the rating for the lions is starting to tick up here and so that this isn't so, the same sort of deal that you think you might have been getting sort of in the past few weeks right eventually they're going to sort of out uh, the rating is going to get out ahead of where they're going to play. Yeah. And they can play to a rating of a 60. They, that's well within their range. We talk about the range being the sort of high and low of your capability. I just don't know that the Lions are going to be on the high end of their capability in this game, right? It seems mm -hmm. like they would be on the low end of their capability. For sure. Which means that the Ravens would need to play on the low end of their capability. <laughs> in this game. And there's just kind of too many injuries kind of piling up for the Lions in this game 
for me to think that the Ravens are just not going to be able to get it done. And I, so I think the Ravens do get it done. It's going to be an uncomfortable one. I certainly liked it a lot more when it was minus two and a half earlier on in the week. But you can see the fact that this went from minus two and a half to the firm three. Odds makers willing to kind of let you hammer away at plus three here, I think, is somewhat mm-hmm. of a sign that uh, there was some sharp money earlier on in the week um, taking a, at least a first stance on the Ravens. Now, who knows? That might be just to set up getting plus three on the Lions, mm-hmm. right? Because people come back later on in the week to get that plus three. Yeah. But I just trust what the Ravens are going to be able to do here. Obviously, you know, they're going to might kick five field goals to be able to kind of win a scrappy game here. But I don't trust Riley Patterson in the wind. I don't yeah. really trust Jared Goff in the wind. And the Lions running game, you know, is, is a little bit questionable with, you know, some of the guys that they're going to have to hand the ball to. Nope, I totally got you, man. This one for me is just a weird... Uh, one where I'm sticking with the Lions here, mostly just because it got to the number of three. That's really what it came down to here for me with this one, but it will be a very interesting game that will tell me a lot about the Ravens and the Lions, right? Like two teams that should be playoff teams, but how good of playoff teams will they be, if that makes sense? Um, Still lots going on here with the Chargers at the Chiefs. A yearly tradition that I enjoy having to remind myself that for whatever reason, whatever's going on with the Chargers, whatever's mm-hmm. going on with the Chiefs, the Chargers always play the Chiefs tough. For whatever yep. reason, don't know yep. why, don't understand it. I guess they built their team with the pass rush. How do you stop Mahomes? Pass rush, or the best way to try to stop mm-hmm. Mahomes, I guess I'll say. Sure. Um, but the Chargers play them tough. Yes, I've been on a, a streak here of taking the Chiefs to cover, and they are at minus five and a half at home. This one's sitting nicely in the Vegas zone. And I need you, like I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the Chargers just because of the oft reminder that these games are always tight, right? But I'm very tempted to take the Chiefs at a touchdown. I can't even, I can't even lie to you. Like it's tough, but I'm reminding myself here. No, no, no. The Chargers always play them tough. But the thing that has me more rattled mm-hmm. was that Cowboys Chargers game on Monday sure. night. Yeah, because the Chargers are just reminding me that from the top down that their operation is just terrible. Yeah, deeply unserious, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it just we love them, but like, what they're are you not doing? serious people. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. And even when Herbert has Keenan Allen running wide open, he can't yep. hit him. That makes no sense to me. Yep. Like it just nothing makes yeah. sense. It's been a long time since I've been just purely, just strictly disappointed in a team in a player that I was in Justin Herbert because that game set up for him to be like, not only show out as like a premier quarterback, but like potential NFL MVP candidate. Mm -hmm. Because right now, outside of like, obviously you'd make a pretty strong case for Tua, like, you know, the Patrick Mahomes MVP case isn't particularly great right now, yeah. right? Like, the numbers aren't flying, like, through through the roof, right? And some of the other guys that we thought were going to be candidates, even Dak Prescott, yeah. you know, in that sort of next tier, the Joe Burrows, et cetera, et cetera, Trevor Lawrence even, right? Like, it's all kind of, like, there's just, there's room for somebody to grab it. And this could have been a really big week for the Chargers in that they could have won a Monday night game against the Cowboys. And they could go into Arrowhead, which they have done before, and they could win. And then all of a sudden they're, you know, four and two or whatever it is. And now they're in the hunt for a division, you know, with they'd be tied with the Chiefs, essentially, certainly in the loss column and have a tie break, at least having, you know, one on the road. And then they go. And like you said, it's missed throw after missed throw and it's staring down receivers and then like waiting for them to make a move and then throwing it. And then it just being a little bit too late. And it's just we're far too, you know, down the road here 
with Justin Herbert for like to still have to deal with this stuff. And I don't even I shouldn't even say still because like the part the thing that we liked about Justin Herbert was he was the guy making the throws. It was the chaos and nonsense and unseriousness around him that was the infuriating part. And they, strangely enough, were the more buttoned up team in that game, right? I look at that game and I'm like, I got to downgrade both of these teams because the Chargers are somehow the more buttoned up outfit, whereas the Cowboys are making all the dumb coaching mistakes. Now the Chargers were all over a couple of dumb coaching mistakes, but but your guy, Mike McCarthy, was like taking it to another level. They're the ones muffing the punts and obviously, you know, somewhat of a bad luck situation with the guy getting blocked into. But like, it's not like that hit him, right? Somebody had to go running over, diving for the ball to knock that right yeah. over. You know what I mean? Like that was a, like the, the Cowboys were playing the Chargery game and the Chargers were like so confused by the other team screwing it up in a way that they are used to screwing things up that they like couldn't even fathom what to do next, right? Yeah. And yeah, missed throws over and over and over again, et cetera, et cetera, right? But like from a handicapping perspective, like the point is, is like the throws are there right like they just got to be made and it's kind of like the chiefs in that first game where it's like the ball is in the receiver's hands he just has to catch it and if you're going to tell me they're going to keep dropping the passes then yeah i'm going to have a problem backing the chiefs the rest of the year but if you're going to tell me that the passes are there then i'm going to assume that the professionals keep catching it so i'm going to assume that the that justin herbert can keep making the throws right (laughs) and like you know fundamentally here i don't think we're getting necessarily a great deal on this i want six i am not making a bet on this until i get plus six or at least i you know something drastic happens like i would take plus four and a half before i would take uh plus five and a half because i want to wait and get plus six because you know we've seen this over and over again right the game goes to overtime And when Travis Kelsey gets the game-winning touchdown in overtime, like, I want to at least push on that and then be able to complain about how I probably should have won that bet, right? Like, (laughs) just give me that. Like, for sure. That's all I need out of life. So, you know, and I think it should be, right? Because the market number suggests six. And even my ratings, because, again, I'm a little bit lower on the Chargers because I downgraded them off that game. They actually, you know, actually make this kind of a little bit higher. But I know, like you said, I know the matchup. So we know that people are going to be a sort of, you know, listen, they always love betting on the Chiefs, but we know that they're going to be um, a little bit more reticent to, you know, bet on the Chargers here. But like they're going to because it, like for all the reasons that you just said. And so, I, you know, I don't know if we're going to get six. Like I just, you know, I want the six. So, I mean, fundamentally, yes, I, I'm, not, I'm certainly not going to talk you out of the five and a half because, you, you know, the part of the show is like you have to make a pick here. But like, I'm telling you, like, I need, I need plus six here. Cause I need this thing to go to overtime and I can't lose in overtime. Like maybe I push, <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. cannot lose this game in overtime. Like that's, that's far worse than just staying away from the game at all. Now, do they have, are the charges at plus 200 live to win this game? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They are like, I like them more to win the game outright at plus 200 than I do at plus five and a half. Right. Because if this game goes to overtime. Not that that's fate accompli by any stretch of the imagination, but if it goes to overtime, I'm going to feel pretty good about having a plus 200 money line ticket. For right? sure. But I'm not going to feel that great because of the Chiefs' willingness to score a touchdown in overtime. I'm not going to feel that great about plus five and a half because I think if it goes to overtime, there's obviously a strong chance that the Chiefs score that touchdown. There's a better chance they cover this number in overtime, I feel, than if they cover then covering this number like in the construct of the game, right? Because like we know what the Chiefs are going to do. They're going to just like win by four, win by three. They're going to win by whatever they absolutely have to win by. Whereas yeah. like in overtime, it's like they're more aggressive, where like it's tied. 
like yeah, whether they get the ball first or time. not. Yeah, it's like let's run a play, let's get a guy open, let's score a touchdown here and end it right here. Like that's just kind of the Chiefs, you know, the, the Chiefs move. So, yeah, I, you know, I'll take the Chargers here, but uh, you know, again, give me give me plus six and and plus two hundred on the money line. Yeah, Chargers, Chargers, Chargers. Let's see what you got in the divisional matchup for sure. Steelers at the Rams. Rams at home laying three points. Steelers coming off a bye week. I know their defense is legit. I get that their defense is legit. And, you know, most instances they can keep a game close. But I really, I got to say, I like the Rams offense, especially with Cooper Cup back. And I know that sounds like the most obvious statement ever. But it's like, oh, they can move the ball right? Like things are looking pretty good. I still think there's another level where they're still able to use Puka and Mm -hmm. Cooper cup together and figure that out and have their offense take another step forward. So in this instance where they're laying three points, I'll cautiously lay Mm -hmm. the three points with the Rams. And mostly that's because I feel like their offense can move the ball. Whereas I can't, I still can't really say the same about the Steelers on a consistent basis. So yeah, the Rams minus three. It's a tough one. It's a very right. tough one, but that's where I'm at as of now. Yeah, it's interesting, right? It's my the market, my the market ratings that I track and the ratings that I have for both teams, like I'm higher on both teams than I feel like the market yeah. is. And you know, it's because obviously it was a little bit higher before the scene started on the Steelers, and obviously you never know. It doesn't seem like we know what we're supposed to be able to expect from the Steelers on a on a game-to-game basis. Um, when it comes to the Steelers here, like, I think they're at the bottom end of their range. I, and again, maybe their range is something like 30 to 50, but I think their range is more like 40 to 60, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think there is some high 50 games coming out of the Steelers, like at some point here, here or there. Right. And to me, this is a lot like the game against the Raiders where they're going on the road. They're going to have the more, you know, the, la- the louder crowd. It's going to be mm-hmm. home team probably has to go under a silent count like the Chargers had to do on Monday. And and the offense is going to look a lot better than it does against some of the other teams that they played. Right. And so they're going to be able to move the ball a little bit. So, uh, you know, again, I don't think that much of the Rams defense still, um, you know, a little bit obviously disappointed in the, in the Cardinals not being able to move the ball better than they did against the, against the Rams defense. Um, but I have a little bit more faith, as uh, like weird as it is to say out loud, that the Steelers will at least be able to kind of do the most rudimentary stuff yeah. in able to, in, in, to move the ball. Um, this line opened three and a half and went down to three. So it's actually kind of the reverse of the Detroit Baltimore situation, right? Where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, it went a little bit too high. And the market kind of came in and corrected that with the Steelers. I have this line around 2.6. So I actually think there's some value on the Steelers here. The thing with the Rams is last week, right? That game, that was a ball game against the Cardinals. Yeah. And then somebody, and they were throwing the ball over and over and over again. And the Cardinals are terrible at run defense. And then it was like somebody mentioned at halftime to to the coach like hey you uh you probably run more and then like all they did was run right down the throats of the cardinals right and that's how the game got got away from because it was just like oh damn this is really really easy (laughs) now offensive balance right and like listen the steelers you know run defense has been sketchy and you know in and out this season but what's happened with the rams right like their top two running backs have gotten hurt and you know they literally ran those guys into the ground to get that to get that victory and obviously, listen, a divisional victory is more important than a non-divisional victory. Not that they was necessarily their intent to, like, get those guys hurt. But, like, we're getting down to it where, like, you know, Zach Evans is involved in, you know, in getting, you know, picked up in fantasy football pretty aggressively this week. 
But like, I don't think Zach Evans is going to have the same success against the card, you know, against the Steelers as that, you know, anybody basically has against the Cardinals running the ball. And so then it becomes a little bit more one dimensional. And so as much as we like the idea of Puka and Cooper and, and Tutu and like, you know, you know Hall of Fame name uh, trio right there, as far <laughs> as fun being fun to say, it's like you really want to be one dimensional against the Steelers on kind of a fast track when like it's going to be pretty loud, I think, you know, for the Steelers, because listen, who's got a better traveling fan base than Pittsburgh does? You know, it, it feels like Matt, the version of Matt Stafford that crumples a lot you know, could be in play here. And so, yeah, I like, I like taking the points here with the Steelers, you know, off the bye week, et cetera, et cetera, right off of a, uh, I believe their last game was a loss, right? The last game was the Houston one. You know, you go on a bye week, yeah. it's almost like you, for, you forget that you ever played football before like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, in the previous game. Um, but yeah, right. It was, was it Houston that they played in the last game? Was that their last uh, one? Yes, For... they should have. The spread in that game, the Steelers game, the last time we saw the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, they beat the Ravens. Oh, no, actually. they beat the Ravens. Right, right. It was Houston, then it was the Ravens. My mistake. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they pull off that win. But I don't know if that was necessarily all that pretty or whatever. So, I mean, I guess there could be some concern that they don't, they come out a little bit flat in this game. But, like, isn't that a game where you're kind of, you know, I don't feel like the Steelers are out of anything, right? Look around at the, no. at, the at the division, right? And so, you know, yeah, I just, you know, I think there's some, tons of value on the Steelers here. I think their season is, you know, far from lost necessarily. Um, and I think their offense is going to, I mean, God, if your offense is going to change, let's put it this way, which like if you change it in any way, shape or form, it's going to come point, off the bye. It's going to come off of a bye week, right? And if the lesson there from that that's that Ravens game is like, hey, maybe we just throw the ball to like George Pickens, like a lot, like, uh, you know what I mean? Anytime we get anything remotely looking at single coverage or anytime we have a matchup against, you know, I don't know, Rams cornerbacks that I don't think are particularly good. Like mm -hmm. maybe we just we just do that and see <laughs> because the rest of the stuff isn't really working. Right. So, uh, you know, again, I think I think the Steelers offense gets a little bit better here on kind of a, you know, a, a faster track, if you will. And certainly I like the Steelers defense against the Rams um, in this matchup. That could be a little bit one dimensional. Yeah, this is definitely a tough one for me here. And you, you almost, 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 almost have me. And this is one that I know next week I'm going to come back here and being like, really? Like all the principles are right there. Steelers coming off the bye week. It's just sitting there in front of me. But I can't with the a lot Steelers. Of oppos. A lot of oppos so far, buddy. No, we've switched all. I've switched. What am I? What am, I don't even know how many games we are in right now, but I feel like no, I'm pretty balanced. I've already switched one already. You know, okay. we're okay. We're doing okay. We're doing All okay. Right. We're okay. doing okay. Um, I'll stick with the Rams here, minus three, and you know, bare minimum. Hopefully, they're kicking a game-winning field goal, and we push, and everyone goes home happy. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, right? Uh, we got the Browns at the Colts. Browns laying two points on the road in Indy and we're back to talking about backup QBs because not sure if Deshaun Watson is back, uh, which means it's PJ Walker time for another week. And we got the Colts who it's Gardner Minshew time as it was just announced. I'm pretty sure that Anthony Richardson is having season ending surgery. Uh -huh. So we're in backup land. We think, cause not really sure what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Very confused by that entire situation. We got a two point spread here for the Cleveland Browns. And I'm going to be very honest. This is just a bet on the Browns defense gobbling up Gardner Minshew. 
Gardner Minshew is solid. He's okay. Now that he knows he's a starter, maybe they can like spend the week tailoring their offense to get him a little more comfortable in whatever they have to do. But one of the themes we talked about from the very start of the season is their lack of playmakers around him. Even if he is feeling a little more comfortable, it's not like he's out there throwing to Randy Moss. So I'm interested to see how they look with Gardner in the Gardner Minshew era. But what I do know is that we're in the Browns defense era and we saw what they did to the Niners last week. That was a, uh, I mean, we basically talked exactly about what would happen in that game. And it played out a lot of that way. I switched my pick once PJ Walker was involved to the San Francisco 49ers. But I will say as a Niners fan watching that game, like, okay, you lose on a missed field goal by a rookie kicker after your two top offensive guys are out, your offensive tackles injured. You're the Niners. Hey, that's a game you're going to lose. Cool. Whatever. Not worried about the Niners, but the Browns here. Give me the Browns laying the two points, even on the road. This is, right. ugh. <laughs> but here we are. Well, it's funny. Cause I think you're making the case there for like that loss was a little bit more on the 49ers and, the, and not like, not like they were fully healthy or whatever, but I mean like the circumstances that happened to the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, I agree with you. It's like all that stuff happened and they still a had the lead you know, right up until obviously, you know, towards the end, but then B also had like a 41 yard field goal to win the game. Right. So yeah. Like, isn't that somewhat of an indictment of the Browns a little bit there, or at least sort of the Browns, uh, you know, with a version that, it, you know, Oh, the DJ Browns, Walker? hold on. The Browns were very lucky to still win that game. Right. Like right. the cover was the cover and that's cool. But in terms of winning that game, the Browns got like back to back, very questionable penalty calls to extend a drive that gave them the lead in that game right before Brock Purdy went on the drive to set up again the 41 yard field goal and I'm sure we could throw some shade at Shanahan for kind of just being okay with the 41 yard field goal with the rookie quarterback in some interesting conditions but you know lots going on there we'll say yeah, listen, I saw one last night in the Jacksonville State game that I couldn't believe a guy was con- uh, content with a 40-plus yard field goal from a college kicker. But that's another story. And it somehow worked out because he literally made the kick while falling down. It was unbelievable for anybody who saw it. Um, but, like, again, at, like point is football coaches are honestly got to be just the dumbest people alive as far as, like, the decisions that they're making. But my point to all of this is, okay, so let's kind of hang with me here, right? So P.J. Walker version of the Browns gets downgraded to the point of about a 33 out of a hundred type mm-hmm. team. Right. We are talking like bears. We're talking giants. Yeah. We're talking like worse than the Broncos. Cause like for whatever reason, the Broncos rating just like refuses to go, um, you know, down that low. So like, yeah, we're basically calling the PJ Walker Browns worse than the Denver Broncos. They go and they win the game, as you said, like whether they cover or win the game or not, right? Like, I think it's an easy bet for the cover. It's a hard bet for, you know, to make for them to win that game outright, because like, think about all the stuff that it took for them to win the game. And so you go, okay, well, if we took the same rating, now I'm not saying that we should take the same rating, but if we did take the same rating with the PJ Walker Browns from last week, that 33, 34 type rating, and we applied that to the Colts game this week, the Colts would be favored by almost five points. Hmm. Right. So we got Browns minus two here. Which tells us what? That we are getting a lot further, you know, towards the Deshaun Watson Browns version. Mm. Because as we sort of, you know, as kind of alluded to, you know, we start the start of this show, 
It's like when Deshaun Watson's out, like, what are you really missing out on? Yeah. Right. This isn't a Deshaun Watson driven football team, at least from a like success yeah, yeah, standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Right. They were rated around a 56 out of 100. Not necessarily. I don't want to say despite uh, Deshaun Watson, but certain, you know, based on what Deshaun Watson sort of brings to the table, which is like essentially mediocre. Right. His play is mediocre. The rest of the team is kind of above average. And that's how you end up with an above average rating for that team. That rating, the team, the rating essentially with the Browns before um, all of this nonsense has happened, and listen, it might be a straight up injury, so I shouldn't really say that it's nonsense. You know, that would calculate to about a rating of uh, or a point spread of Browns minus one and a half. Now, if you look, I think most places have actually come down off of two. It's been two for three days now, and it's come down off of that a little bit. There might be some twos left, but there's a lot of minus one and a halfs out there. So I think that, you know, sort of, the, and, it, and that's a really small thing, but like the money line was plus 120 for the Colts. Now it's around plus 105, right? So like these are sort of percentage points type things, right? And it's certainly not because the Colts rating has moved up because they just got blown out last week, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're not, so it's not, oh, we really like the Colts. That's why the money's, or, you know, like the line is moving towards the Colts. It's because we're like, wait a minute, are we a little too high on the Browns here? Because the options are PJ Walker or... Deshaun Watson, who maybe doesn't practice at least for a few games for a few days this week, right? Because literally, as of like about 10 minutes ago, they interviewed him and he said, like, it's coming along, um, but he still doesn't know about this week. So the point is, is like minus two is a Deshaun Watson line where we don't necessarily know for sure whether Deshaun Watson is available to play. Mm -hmm. And it's also a very different circumstance, right? We got indoors versus outdoors. We got Gardner Minshew at home versus Gardner Minshew on the road. And we just talked about how, like, we weren't even really all that impressed with the Browns winning. It was a lot of circumstances that had to go their way anti 49er mm -hmm. and obviously the field goal miss at the end. Right. I mean, even if you just brought it down to a field goal, <laughs> I'm pretty sure a 41 yarder indoors is going to be a lot easier than the 41 you know, yarder outdoors. Right. Like there's just a lot more, a lot more ways that the Browns can lose this game second week in with PJ Walker or kind of honestly, like the Trevor Lawrence situation where it's like, are you want to pay full Trevor Lawrence price? Do you want to play full Deshaun Watson price for compromised Deshaun Watson and compromised Trevor Lawrence? Like, yeah, they might win. They might they might win on a last second field goal. They might win by 20 points, right? Yeah. But when yeah. we're talking about percentages here and we're getting plus money on the money line, we're getting a couple of points, right? We're trying to win more than we lose. And I just kind of feel like, you know, yeah, last week's game sucked for, for Minshew and stuff. But like, the point isn't that Gardner Minshew sucks. It's that Gardner Minshew is wildly... Uh, inconsistence right and, yes. and, yeah he's like honestly 80 percent of all quarterbacks and like when's the circumstance where he's going to play better well like probably at home you know probably and by the way we had a jump and hug game from the browns last week correct right what's the first thing we do when we see jumping and hugging we fade that team the next week fade. doesn't mean it's going to win 100 percent. but when we're trying to win 55 percent of the time like mm -hmm. these are the sides that we need to be on, right? So we need to be on the Browns at plus nine and a half in that game last week because more than 55% of the time or around 55, at least 55% of the time, that's going to end up winning. Now you're going to feel bad when it doesn't win because you're going to be like, of course the 49ers won by two touchdowns. Like PJ Walker stinks, right? But that problem is the 45% of the time where you feel bad for making that bet, okay, that's cool. But you know what's going to feel good? The 55% of the time that you won that bet. And so I think that's a very similar circumstance here where I think, honestly, 55% of the time the Colts win this game or, you know, maybe lose by one point. 
But like, I think you need to be on the side of the Colts here because like the math doesn't necessarily work out here for the Browns being full valuation. Now, obviously it makes you can, it, everybody can make the case. Like everybody who's got a decent defense, you just go like, Oh, the defense will take care of it. But like, this is still the NFL in 2023 where like, yeah. as much as we had so many unders last week, there is so only so much the defense can do. And we've seen that in games where the Browns have lost. Right. So mm-hmm. again, like, there's only so much the defense could do when DTR was involved as the quarterback, <laughs> right? Like, and I'm not saying that they're going to lose by 25 points or whatever it was when they lost and DTR was the quarterback. But like, honestly, if Deshaun Watson can't go, they're just one sprained ankle away from DTR being involved in this game too. And again, that's assuming you even really like PJ Walker all that much. And I, you know, I don't know that I like either t- either uh, quarterback um, giving points on the road, even if it is only you know two. Yeah, this is a, just an ugly game all around for sure. Uh, we keep things going with the Falcons at the Bucks. Bucks at home and laying two and a half points here. Um, another tough one here, but the Falcons and your man's Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Things got a little rough for my guy last week. Things, things got were weird. a little shaky. Things got weird. They're moving the ball, though. And here, here's the thing. The Bucks. Laying points, not really sure that's a spot I want to be in here, but I need you to talk to me about the Falcons at least show that they can move the ball and put themselves in positions to score. Mm-hmm. They can't close, right? but they're in positions to score. Are, is there a chance that they figure this out? And should I be on the Falcons plus the points? My concern about the Falcons, right? It's like you're watching that game and they, and then, you know, play happens. They cut to, to, uh, uh, your man Arthur Smith, and he's making like the face. He's grabbing the head. He's like, "Oh my god, what?" Uh, uh. And you know what it looks like? It looks like him last year when Marcus Mariota was throwing these like you know backbreaking uh, interceptions in the end zone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's only two guys, but like at some point, maybe it's Arthur Smith. Yeah, right. Maybe it's Arthur Smith putting these guys in these positions where Arthur Arthur Smith has to be surprised when they throw the red zone interception to kill the game, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you keep making, you know, like maybe it's next year, there's a different quarterback and it's still Arthur Smith, like grabbing. And like, I like the Falcons conceptually when they're at home, Desmond Ritter plays better last week, notwithstanding he, he threw for 300 yards, obviously. And they way out yardage the, the commanders. And this was after a week where they, he also threw for, I think close to, if not 300 yards, the problem is like, are we doing the thing where it's like, okay, the Falcons are going back on the road and I'm going to take them essentially to asking them to win this game outright. After we saw what happened when they go to London and they go to Detroit, listen, Tampa Bay doesn't have the same home field advantage as, as Detroit does necessarily, but like the London game was pretty grotesque against Jacksonville. I don't know that Jacksonville is really all that much better than the Bucks. I like the, again, I mentioned it before, like I like the idea that the Bucks and Mayfield acknowledged that they were bad last week. If it was like, oh, a couple of plays went this way, a couple of plays went that way, which honestly, I kind of think it was a little, like, I think they were a little hard on themselves, right? Because I really do think it's like Jamison Williams doesn't catch the, the ball that he bobbles on a 50 yard touchdown on third and 10. Mm-hmm. And a guy doesn't get his hand up when there's a full on coverage breakdown and Mike Evans could have been, you know, 80 yards for a touchdown. One of those two plays, two of those two plays don't happen. And the Bucks all of a sudden, as bad as they played, according to themselves, all of a sudden they might beat the Lions, who are way better than the Falcons here. So, <laughs> no, this is no no, ch- no chance you're getting me to take Desmond Ritter on the road. I like that the Buccaneers, a veteran unit, are probably a little disappointed in themselves after last week's 
play. They should be still pretty fresh, having had a bye week the week before. And sort of, you know, I, again, I think they expected better out of themselves. And this is like the weight class step down, right? Like they went from a higher weight class in the Lions to a lower weight class. Yeah. And yeah, the Lions spread obviously was three last week for the Lions, and it's two and a half for the Bucks this week. But I mean, this looks a lot, to me a lot like the Bears game from it was like week one or week two. Where it was like, yeah, I think it was week two. And you're like, man, I don't love laying points with Baker Mayfield. But, like, it is only three, you know, two and a half points. You only need the field goal in here. And, like, I feel way more comfortable with that. Because, again, I don't think he's played all that badly. Again, a lot of their offensive issues, obviously, are in the run game. And with Mike Evans drops on key high leverage plays, you know, I yeah. just, yeah, no thanks on Desmond Ritter here on the road. Give me the, <laughs> give me the bucks who I think are, yeah. are, are ready for a big game. I got you, man. Bucks minus two and a half. Next up, we got the cards at the Seahawks NFC West showdown here. I feel like I've been burned by the cards the last few weeks. Their shine from early on in the season of maybe being the good, bad team that can cover big spreads. Feel like it's wearing off, but they keep the game close for a huge chunk of the game and then just like fall apart at the end and don't cover. Or at least that's how I feel. Sure. This has been going for them. I say all that and then tell you that the Seahawks are eight point favorites at home. And I am on the Cardinals plus eight. Right? This is a tough one. This yeah. is a very tough one here. The Seahawks, like the Seahawks have been looking up and down this season so far. Is this a game that they just take care of business and, and blow them out? Because my issue with the Seahawks so far is they move the ball, move the ball, get into the red zone and then crash can't score touchdowns sure you need to do that if i'm going to take you to win by over a touchdown i'm i'm in a tough place here i can't lie to you but my lean is arizona plus eight well listen if you need if you need to get your uh, red zone offense tightened up here uh boy do i have the team for you to play and uh <laughs> here it is folks the arizona cardinals like uh yeah then like it's not fun laying points and i don't know that i'm i listen i haven't i certainly haven't made a bet on seattle minus eight i think it's a prime prime teaser situation here mm-hmm. where teaser prices has gone up so we're gonna i'm gonna get dropped two two developments in the betting space in this season one is the uh, unfortunate pricing on teasers. We used to write the teaser bucket every week yeah. over at the score. And that was basically just like the, the uh, mathematically viable um, teaser legs out there, right? Whether you like one side or the other, like these are the best value relative to, to the price. Well, teasers are up to minus 130 on two, uh, two team six point teasers, right? Instead of minus 120, used to be minus 110. I think even back in the day, it was even money. We're up to minus 130, right? So, like, you really, really got to have your 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 eyes dotted and your T's crossed when it comes to making a teaser bet. So, this whole, like, everybody in the betting space just saying, teaser week, teaser week, teaser week, because they see, you know, they finally figured out that eights and two and a halfs are, like, where we need to be teasing up and down, right? Like, you know, four years ago, like, you know, nobody talked about that, right? But... We talked about it. That's for sure. We definitely did. So, so the point is, is like not only you have to find value on minus eight in order to find value on minus two, because you have to go that much further to find value on a teaser leg. And so, like that's where I am. I do have value on my, or I do find value on minus eight. My market number uh, is closer to nine. So think about it this way, right? If the market number was nine, the teaser leg would no longer be viable because the six point teaser would go from nine down to three. Yeah. 
and therefore we're not getting the key number of three. We are getting the key number of three here. So like this is Seattle minus two in a teaser all day long. Um, from a my rating perspective, yeah, my ratings and the market ratings are you know jive together with minus nine. I think this line goes up because honestly, I think you know anybody who even offers a teaser at this point doesn't want to be doing so at Seattle minus two. So that is by far the best bet in the game. The second thing that is the hottest thing in all of sports uh, betting content is you never heard this term up until about three weeks ago, ladders. Everybody's got to hit their prop bet and ladder everybody. Everybody's laddering people in sight, like going over. Become 50. an obsession for sure. Yeah. Oh, going over 50 and a half is no longer acceptable. You got to go over 50 and a half and then you got to get laddering these games, folks. Based on what we know about the Cardinals and their run, their run defense, if you want to get weird and get into the ladder scene, this would be a pretty good option, right? Kenneth Walker, uh, potentially. And so, listen, it's Wednesday. We don't have the player props up just yet. Kenneth Walker usually kind of lined in that sort of like, you know, sixty to seventy type range. Range. This feels like one where he could crack one for for a long, you know, to go a long way. Where he ends up with 150 rushing yard type of a day. So if you want to have a little fun with, you know, in, with the hot new thing ladders, this is going to be Seattle running the ball. And when Seattle's running the ball, things get a lot easier for your guy Gino. And that's our main problem with the Seahawks. Yes. In, in sort of general, right? Is like the mm -hmm. trust, the faith in Gino. And they should have won that game. And we were on the Bengals last week. And honestly, it was one of my favorite picks before the game. And as yes. I'm watching it, like, I was really bummed out about the Bengals. Like, I expected them to be better. And so I feel like we kind of got away with one. Obviously, multiple, like, sort of trips near the end zone, near the red zone for the Seahawks. And then Gino just kind of bleeping it up over and over and over again. And so, like, again, I'm still down on Gino, but, like, in circumstances like this where Gino gets to kind of do what he wants to with some play-action passing, I think the Seahawks are probably going to house the Cardinals because, honestly, we're talking about a Cardinals team that's lost three straight games by more than two touchdowns. This yeah. is no longer, like, oh, the Cardinals are scrappy. No, no, no. The Cardinals pulled off one upset. Yeah. Right? And they let the Giants go for, like, 450 offensive yards on them. The Giants. Right. That looks so much worse five weeks later than it did at the time. Yeah. They like keep it close for a little chunk and then, yeah, everything kind of just goes sideways very quickly. This one wasn't a difficult one for you to talk me out of for sure. Pick has been switched to the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks role. I just think everything you said just makes too much sense about where the cards are now. And if we think about what the long-term game plan is, yeah, you're going to have them getting rolled. And that's what we've been seeing week in, week out. Speaking of teams getting rolled, or at least let's talk about big time spreads. We got the Buffalo Bills laying eight and a half points on the road in New England. I don't know if I've ever uttered that sentence yeah, no. in the history of us doing this pod. Right. Nope. But here we are. Um, having faith in Mac Jones is a tough life. And yeah. we were right there last week. Uh, you mentioned uh, the Bengals game. The Bengals game was the only bet that I like made and like won last yeah. week. Yeah. It was yeah. a tough week for yeah. me as I showed you the record early on where <laughs> four games were, were picked on the right side here. Yeah. One of those L's though, yeah. were the new England Patriots. And it's a game where you look at it and you think, I feel like everything was okay when your man's Mac Jones, for some reason, decides he has so much time in the pocket in the yeah. end zone that you lose a bet on a safety late in the game. But that pretty much sums up Mac Jones' season so far. 
normally I would not take I normally I don't want to take the page like I'm taking the Patriots as home dogs when they're getting that many points normally. Yeah. yeah. I just this is just tough. I, I'm I'm I feel like I'm done with Mac Jones. I was there last week and now yeah. he, he hurt me again. I trusted him one last time. I brought him back into my life one last time and he cheated on me again. I know. I know. And it's Bills minus eight and a half. That's where I'm at. And the problem is that it isn't just Mac Jones, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like every player, when they have the one chance to affect the game, mm-hmm. to make the play, they just don't do it, right? It's just like, here's my chance. Uh, Devontae Parker, we're going deep. It is in stride, right in my hands. And it's just like at the last second, the hands don't work and the ball falls, right? And it's like, yeah, we can... Obviously, we're going to blame Mac Jones for the safety. And so the funny thing is about that safety, right, is like from obviously we talk about ratings and stuff like that and the point spreads getting out of hand. And part of the reason for backing the, the, the Patriots, the main reason for backing the Patriots is that we were under the impression that this was the bottom of the market for the Patriots, right? A team that like if you said before the season, what's their high, what's their range, right? What's their high? What's their low? You probably put straddle it right around 50 with a high range of like, yeah, they could play to a 59, you know? And you know what? There'll be weeks they're going to play to a 41. And then that last week, the rating gets knocked down, obviously off the Saints blowout loss. It gets knocked down to like a 40. Like that's what it takes for you to be a three-point underdog at the Raiders, right? (laughs) Josh bleeping McDaniels. Like that's what it takes. And you go, okay, like we got to bet the Patriots here. Like it sucks. Like I was, we we talked about like never again, but it was never again at that idea of their average sort of rating being around, you know, 500, right? Being around yeah. sort of a 50 out of 100. And if it wasn't for the safety, we're good. Like it, yeah. and, and literally defined perfectly by yeah. the, the point spread was just too high for the Raiders, right? If they win that game by two points, the point spread has literally moved because of the Patriots drop in rating in perception. The, it literally spread the point, the point spread to the point where it was like, we're just keeping the Patriots in cover, in cover mode, right? Like they yep. were just able to be covering. And even then, even with that move, even with keeping the Patriots in that position to cover, they still couldn't do it. And again, whether it was Mac Jones safety or Devontae Parker not catching that pass that hit him in stride that, by the way, if he catches it, you know, they're probably around midfield with a ton of time left, not the back to the end zone pressure. And it's one first down away from having a field goal opportunity to win the game or at least take the lead. At which point money lines on the, on the Patriots at plus 130 and plus 140, those end up cashing. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not just Mac Jones. And listen, you can pick a bunch of different plays from earlier in the game where like defensively, it's like just make this play, just make that play. Right. Same thing for the Chargers on Monday. Like if the defense just gets off the field on third and long, we don't have the, you know, the Cowboys go down and get the you know game leading field goal. We don't have Justin Herbert throwing under pressure because, you know, because the game script is is you know a trailing situation. It's like it's all these little things that sort of add up, and that's the infuriating part. So point is, is like, if we can somehow, some way get our minds to, so that Mac Jones just dumped it off over the middle to the wide open running back, Ramonde Stevenson, instead of getting absolutely destroyed by Max Crosby. If we can just do that, because honestly, it probably just takes that dump off for them to get out further enough that 
you don't get backdoored by a safety, by a field yeah. goal or whatever, right? Like it literally just took him beyond the Delvonte Parker catch, just throw it five yards <laughs> essentially to Stevenson. So if we can wrap our head around, like that's the version of the Patriots, 41, the bottom of their range. And maybe we move their range over. So that it's 35 to 55, even 30 to 50. If we just accept that 41 is the correct market rating for the Patriots, this line bills on the road, having not scored through three quarters at home against the Giants <laughs> and no reason to move the bills up in any sort of rating. Correct. This line should be about seven. Okay. Right. And when the line, honestly, the line, like you, you don't get, and I'm going to use this word so loosely, you don't get opportunities like this where a line should be seven and a line's eight and a half very often in the NFL, given how key six, seven, and eight have become because of two-point conversions and trailing scenarios, et cetera, et cetera. So you're supposed to bet the Patriots all day on this. <laughs> you just are. Yeah, no, I get right? it. I get because, it. Because again, this is without a downgrade on the bills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, shouldn't we be downgrading the Bills? They lost in London to the Jags. Everybody's hurt. Yeah. Their offense couldn't move the ball against the Giants' defense. Like, what <laughs> no, am I hanging I on? You. you know what I mean? Like, why am I hanging on to a mid-70s rating if I'm the betting market, which at 15 and a half last week against the Giants and five and a half point favorites against the Jags in London the week mm -hmm. before is what we're hanging on to. We're hanging on to 75 for the Bills. Like they're a Super Bowl like favorite. Like they were we're essentially rating them right now in the market like they're the Chiefs. But whether it's due to injuries or gross incompetence in you know offensively or sort of a one trick pony if you will, yeah. we're hanging on to this Bills rating that is just you know way way too high. And so I'm going to drop the Bills rating cuz I don't want to hang on to that rating at 75. So yeah. I'm going to drop the Bills rating. And what that allows me to do is that allows me to freely drop the Patriots rating because you're sitting there going like 41 is too high. I don't <laughs> care about last week being like kind of perfect in that it took a two-point play to land yeah. on either four or two. Because there's right? a lot of Raiders-y stuff going on there too. Right, but like, but the Raiders, you know, like the Raiders rating isn't any good either. Like that's, totally. that's why it was only three because the Raiders ratings like in the low forties, right? Yeah. So, so the point is, is like I'm not even sticking with that rating with the Patriots. I'm dropping the Patriots rating. I'm dropping the Patriots rating down to let me just check it here, thirty-two. I'm going all the way down to thirty-two. We're talking PJ Walker version of the Browns. We're talking about sub Bronco territory. We're yeah. talking about like the deep recesses of the NFL, potentially the worst team in the league. Mm -hmm. But I'm also, but if I'm going to do that, I have to do the same thing to the Bills. Not drag yeah, them yeah. into the deep recesses, but knock them down to like a playoff team. Yeah, yeah. A wild card team, which honestly, this version of the Bills looks like a wild card team. Mm -hmm. With the especially if the Dolphins win the division, right? So if I'm dropping them both down, whether you, you know you want to keep the Bills at 75 and the Patriots at 41, I'm dropping them down. Maybe the market is too because they're both going in the same direction. It's kind of hard to tell. But the point is, is like both have to go, not one. And as much as like I want to say, well, keep the, I don't even want to, but like as much as you could say, keep the Bills where they are and drop the Patriots, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. The problem is, is nobody wants to bet on the Patriots. So it's going to artificially be eight and a half 
because either people are going to stick with the concept of the bills being really good yeah or they're going to stick with the idea that the patriots are terrible which they are by the way i think it's kind of more about the bills and having to take the bills down this number should be seven maybe seven and a half based on sort of the idea of you know i don't know the idea that I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know why you'd do seven and a half, right? Eight and a half, like I put it this way, right? Like nine would protect books against the T's. Totally. Six point T's, but they're not doing it. It's eight yeah. and a half. You can get your two and a half point T's or all you want in this game. Yeah. No, I hear you, man. This was a crazy game to me. This one is just me rolling with the bills in the sense that sometimes they just more often than not, they're gonna blow out and have the win off of a but, bad performance but so. that team that we are we we call you know we always say bully bills right like they're yeah, gonna yeah, be yeah, bad yeah. Team. that's not we're, the same team we just saw that on sunday yeah, yeah. it's like no, they don't sure. have the horses it's not their fault mm-hmm. right it's not yeah. Bill mafia's fault that they don't have the horses no totally. those guys are injured trey white injured matt milano injured not coming back or at least not in the you know sort of you know uh all that soon um What's the defensive tackle's name? He, he's out, right? Like we talked about this last week. Every layer is out. And we talked about how I didn't really want anything to do with Bills minus 15 and a half. I didn't really want anything to do with the Giants 15 and a half. We just took the Bills in Survivor because I don't trust the Bills going forward because of the injuries that they've occurred. Yeah. Right? And they no, still sure. were one play away from knocking all of us out of Survivor who were on the Bills yeah, in Survivor. A, a terrible goal line play by yeah. the Giants. And I'm supposed to lay eight and a half on the road against anyone. And literally the Patriots right now qualify as anyone. <laughs> when we say anyone, that means the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. Right. No, for sure. No, I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. Crazy game for sure in the AFC East. Uh, NFC West. Maybe not a crazy game, but it involves the aforementioned Giants here. The Commanders are two-point favorites on the road in New York. Giants are still a joke, but they almost took down the Bills, as you just mentioned, right? The man's Tyrod Taylor, despite some bad clock management, seemed capable of moving the ball-ish, if that makes sense. Um, Not here for Dable just, like, screaming at him as they, like, walk off the sidelines. Like, that's still a grown-ass man that can choke the shit out of you. Like, chill out, Dable. You got enough issues with the rest of your squad that you yeah. can figure some stuff out and wait 30 seconds before you get mad. Super um, pumped to see about all about his high school and whatnot. And <laughs> like, like guys, like it's not a blowout, guys. You don't need to run, you don't need to run that that little bit about how he went to high school near Buffalo. Right. We don't need it. We can pass on it. This game's actually kind of somehow was entertaining. Like you know, right? But he, they had all these things packaged and ready to go. Yeah. Got to use um, Got to fire them off. I don't know what Dayball is going to have ready to go for this week, but I sense even more chaos here in this game for the Giants. Mm-hmm. I feel like this could be a scrappy game and a close game, but let's give me the commanders at less than a field goal. I'm comfortable with that. I don't love it, mm-hmm. but give me the commanders here at minus two. Listen, there are poor people on the streets that have had me just walk up to them and just, you know, before the season started and as the season started going, the commanders and the giants are the same. Like I'm just yelling <laughs> people like, you know what I mean? And it's like, well, but the giants made the playoffs last year and they were nine, you know, seven and one and the commanders aren't any good. And it's like, no, they're the same. They're the same. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact is with this line, the commanders are actually better. Why? Cause they got rid of Carson Wentz and they got a functional quarterback. He also is going to be inconsistent at times, but I think fundamentally you're right. And we talked obviously about the Seahawks being a pretty good bet from a value standpoint and not every minus eight needs to be ducked under two to, or under three as a teaser. And not every two needs to be kicked up to plus 
eight. There are plenty of games here that are lined at two that could be 20-point blowouts because there is a lot of uncertainty with either team. Particularly if Ty- Tyrod Taylor plays in this game, a guy yes. who basically never turns the ball over, essentially, plays as safe as possible, not necessarily as fun as possible. This is about as sort of tight, uh, you know, as a setup as possible. And I think that makes the teaser leg the other way valuable, right? Giants plus eight on the teaser leg here makes a ton of sense to pair with Seattle minus two, right? And we talked obviously minus 130. Like you have to really like something to bet a tease. You cannot just do it based on point spread math, if you will. This is a game where last year one of them was tied. The other one came down to essentially a, you know, ill lined up wide receiver getting called for, you know, an illegal procedure call. Not much has changed between these two teams. Both of neither of them are any good, and they weren't good last year. They are both honestly kind of gravitating closer to each other, with obviously the commanders getting a little bit better and the Giants getting a little bit worse from at least a result standpoint. I mean, it would be shocking if one team or the other won by 10 points, right? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, and if the Giants take anything from last week's game defensively or with you know having Saquon and maybe he can, you know, he's involved. You know, then maybe the Giants are, you know, listen, they're a two-point underdog. They're live to win the game. But, like, maybe they are the team that could win by 10 or 20. I just have a really hard time that, like, Ron Rivera is just going to take this thing on the road to New York, division rival, teams who know each other super well, and are just going to, like, blow out the Giants. Like, yeah. no, no, no. This, it's right? a, it's so, a game. Yeah, yeah, I don't hate the idea, like, okay, Commander's minus two, because I honestly, the line is perfect. Like, it's, li- I mean, it, w- rare is, rare is the game minus two. We see a lot of one and a half, mm-hmm. we see two and a half, obviously a ton of threes. Two is so, like, good here. <laughs> like, my numbers literally come out to, like, 2.0. Like, this is just, it's just, yeah, good, right? I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. Interesting game there. A very interesting game here because it's another one where we're dealing with backup QBs, Raiders laying three points on the road in Chicago. Of course, I don't want to be laying three points with the Raiders versus anyone anywhere, but I feel like both teams involved in this game are anyone anywhere as Justin Fields has a dislocated thumb. He is doubtful. Um, He still can't grip a ball, which I feel like is an important thing for a quarterback. So I'm going to assume that he's not playing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's doubtful, I think, was the last time we looked. Um, so here, here's here's the one thing. The Bears, or sorry, Jimmy Garoppolo also banged up. We saw Hoyer get some burn last week <laughs> yeah. for the Raiders. And we've already seen, well, who's the other guy? O'Connell? Yeah, my guy Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell. Start I almost called him AJ O'Connell. I almost called you him would AJ kill, O'Connell. I think, for somebody to call him AJ. <laughs> I think he's one of those guys. He's like, you man, I wish people called from. me AJ. Don't even know where I got that from. But the point is, here we go with this line. And I mean, with the Bears, the Bears were already a gong show with Justin Fields. I don't know how I can take them. I shouldn't say I shouldn't. I don't know how I could take them. I think I'm trusting the organization of the Raiders a little bit more than the organization of the Bears. You can't even get through that sentence. You could not even get through that sentence without (laughs) laughing. You're like saying it and you're like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever said in my life. Here's the problem, man. Like, I don't know what to make of the Bears and I don't know what to make of the Raiders either. But this game, I don't even know what this is a game I should have left off the list. Yeah. Right? Like nobody oops, would have complained. 
it would have been, it would have been yeah tumbleweeds nobody would have said a word if you'd left this off no here's the thing to like about him how about plus three points <laughs> what happened to just take the points with like two abject atrocities like and honestly i let's put it this way right like who's gonna start for the raiders jimmy g was in the hospital like they literally had taken my guy to the hospital last week so, I don't know why that made me laugh. I'm, I apologize. I shouldn't laugh at Jimmy so, G in the hospital. But this line, Raiders minus three, suggests Jimmy G playing, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So again, to, right? if the theme is, you know, backup quarterbacks and this, that, or whatever, I think the theme also has to be, all right, are we fine if we take the Bears plus three and Jimmy G plays on the road in Chicago? Probably windy. I don't know. Might be some weather. <laughs> I'm pretty fine with that. Are we fine taking any team? Again, a lot of teams are qualifying as any team these days, as it's like a slow rotation through the bottom of the league as far as the ratings are concerned. Are we fine with taking the Bears plus three against Aiden O'Connell? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty okay with that. Or Brian Hoyer, I'm pretty okay. I don't know, Hoyer. I might have to. Let... No, I'm joking. <laughs> Your man gets. Yeah, listen, he'll get you. He'll get you. He'll get you in and out of the offense. It's like I don't even know what that means. Um. Uh... The problem is, obviously, he goes like, hey, Justin Fields is out. Well, okay, but if we spent, you know, outside of two weeks this season complaining about Justin Fields and his inaccuracy and, like, how he's not, you know, good at throwing, right? Like, <laughs> it's it's a very similar thing to, like, the Watson deal where it's like, well, what are we replacing exactly? Yeah. Aren't we replacing suboptimal quarterback play when Justin Fields isn't running, which, I mean, he hasn't really ran all that much this season, right? So if we're, if we're replacing suboptimal quarterback play with a quarterback that we don't know anything about, I've never even seen your guy with Tyler Badgett, or Tyson Badgett. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. something like that. I'm going to call him T-Bone. If, we're, if we're, you know, your guy T-Bone's coming in here. And like, we don't know. I mean, we, he played a little bit at the end and it kind of got a little weird when, when for those of us he who had fumbled, Vikings. right? Uh, it was inter interception late oh, that was like, so but they were like crossing half. Uh, is that what would happen? Like, I just remember like they were down six. I had Vikings minus two and a half. <laughs> and like, I'm like, I'm going to get beaten by T-Bone. Like that can't happen. That's and, bad, and then as soon as I thought I might get beat by T-Bone, he threw an interception. Yeah. That's how I remember it anyway. Um, but full week of practice, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, sorry. Right? Like, uh, Jordan Hicks, 42-yard fumble return oh, for a touchdown. Fumble? Yeah. No, but quarter. this wasn't a – oh, okay. No, this was fourth quarter. Oh, it was, sorry. It was a six-point game, right? Six-point final? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. No, yeah. This wasn't like return for a touchdown. This was just like to end the oh, game. Oh, this is just to end the game. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. This We're like talking their... about two separate things that did happen, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just not talking about it at the yeah. same time. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, that's right. No, yeah, this is like, yeah, okay, this is the last drive of the game. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna lose one by one point here on uh, on T Bone going going the distance. Uh, so we don't know, but like, we do know we're getting plus three. So like, if I'm absolutely like having to make a bet on this, like, I think I have to take the plus three here because like, listen, man, like maybe <laughs> Josh McDaniels is like, it's I'm out on the street and Josh McDaniels is like in the Super Bowl parade carrying the trophy around. Cause I don't know how my guys three and three, I think, I think that's his record right now. Like, I don't know how those wins have come, but they have somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Any like Josh McDaniels on the road laying points, like just sometimes it's just not overly complicated. And like, 
obviously we talked about like the permutations of the quarterbacks, but like kind of think all these quarterbacks are just kind of the same just and like average. Yeah. And for me, it's like, okay, give me the three points. Like anything other than Jimmy G I can't go anywhere other than pick them in this game. I can't believe I'm relying on Jimmy G here, but this is just a state of where I'm at right now, man. You're I'm relying on Jimmy G's health. I, I, I know. Which is oh. wacky. I, and I, then like him to play I'm well. Oh, I'm aware. That health, which is like <laughs> mega wacky. I'm so. aware. There's a lot of me rolling with Jimmy G here. I know. This is, this is Sheldon's mega wacky week. And I'm <laughs> washing my hands of the whole operation. <laughs> Packers minus one at the Broncos. I don't, I'm very confused by this line to begin with. First off, sure. I feel like I'm missing something here because I understand that the Packers didn't look great the last time we saw them. I, I understand that for sure. Nope. Um, but the Broncos, that pretty much sums up the, whole, the entire Broncos season. So is yeah. this just like home field in a very close game pick them? I, I don't know. Uh, young rookie QB in Denver. Is that what this line is is based off? I don't know. Either way, I'm on the Packers just because I feel like I've seen them be more functional. And if you were to tell me that your man Sean Payton was just throwing this season on purpose, yeah, you might have me believe that by seeing some of the sure. things that I've seen Russ and company do in those dope Broncos uniforms. Um, give me the Packers. Yeah, this is... Okay, so there's a couple of things. One is like this is it's weird to say because how bad they've been all season. Like this is the start of the Broncos finally getting downgraded. Because honestly, off of the rating, and listen, there's no team we have a more solid rating on than the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah, that like their rating just unless Travis Kelsey's out and that sort of switches things up, but like we know what the Chiefs are, what their rating is. Like yeah. they are like the bedrock of this entire system. Like Worried, not sure what a team's rating should be. Compare them to the Chiefs, right? So we just had the Broncos ten and a half at the Chiefs, and like speaking of that rate, that Raiders Patriots game, like really, really strong line at ten and a half, right? Like that game from a cover perspective oh, yeah. was like down to the wire, right? Like there might Definitely. as well have been a safety involved. So we have a pretty good handle on what the Broncos were rated, and I actually have the Broncos as like a small favorite in this game. Okay, but. You say, okay, well, all right, so we have solid Chiefs. We might have a solid Broncos. What we don't have is a solid Packers because every week the Packers are one number on Monday. Yeah. And then we think this guy and this guy and this guy are going to play. And like one of them does or two of them does. And Aaron Jones doesn't, even though it's Monday night and it's been like four weeks since he played. And every week he seemed like he was questionable. And every week he was out. And then it's like, well, it's got to be Monday. And then it wasn't. And then they have a bye week. And then, like, it's still maybe it's Aaron Jones is back. So, to me, this is the Aaron Jones is back number because, you know, listen, you've seen AJ Dillon's work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. AJ, you know, Aaron Jones does a lot more than AJ Dillon does. Yeah. Right, for this definitely. Team. And so, if we're just sitting there week after week after week hoping for, for uh, Jones to come back, then that's what this number is with him actually coming back, where they are, in fact, this, this short um, road favorite. So am I dying to bet the Packers? Like, hey, man, we've been doing it. We've been doing it this whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. And like, yeah, okay, so maybe I think it should be Broncos minus one and that we should be getting like a plus 100 money line. 
Like that's not gonna be enough for me to be like, oh, give me Broncos at plus 100 on the money line because like I just watched this team lose to the Jets at home, and like honestly, like they could have easily gotten shut out last Thursday. Yeah, so, like, I'm not betting the Broncos. So like, I mean, ho- this is maybe like a hopeful line, right? Like, what? Well, and you, uh, you know, you seem to think that Green Bay should be a bigger favorite, but I think yes. that has more to do with like how the you think the Broncos, you know, are, are, are terrible, and like I don't even necessarily disagree with you. It's more just like I'm kind of waiting for the market to agree with us. Yeah, put yeah. them in the 30s because the, the Broncos have not been in the 30s yet. Just no, kind of weird, get it. right? It's like kind of yeah. weird. And so if you think the Broncos should be in the 30s, then this this line makes sense. And if we think Aaron Jones is going to be back, then this line make, makes sense. And it's also a little short, at which point you should back the Packers. Totally got you, my dude. Totally got you. Um, I'm on the Packers minus one as we head to Sunday night football, a big boy matchup between the Dolphins at the Eagles. Eagles at home laying two points. I feel like this game will tell me a lot about the Eagles as they looked shaky throughout the season, despite still winning games. And that kind of caught up to them last week against the Jets. Um, Their offense just hasn't looked as sharp as it did last year without their offensive coordinator, which who knew might be a big deal. But anyways, here we are. Jalen Hurts throwing the ball way too much last week against the Jets. Couldn't kill the clock despite they had the lead. Meanwhile, the Finns come in rolling. Here's the thing, though. I'm on the Eagles minus two. And the reason I'm on the Eagles is just because I feel like this game sets up more for what could be Miami's problem come playoff time. Can they win ugly? We kind of saw them do it earlier on in the year uh, against the Patriots, but we know the Patriots aren't really that good. And yeah, they took care of the Patriots, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't a convincing, they didn't drop 70. Sure. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying though, right? I feel like the Eagles... You kind of have to get back to business, do what you do, run the ball, grind it out, you know, keep that offense off the field. Know the game that you're in. Play that playoff style Mm -hmm. that gave them so much success last year. I feel like you got to know that coming off of last week's loss. That reason I'm on the Eagles minus two. But this is a tough game, and this is a great game. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, are we getting a second chance here to uh, to bet the you know bet against Miami? You know, in Buffalo, right? Like, isn't this the Ooh. same thing as the Miami at Buffalo situation? Where everybody's like, Miami, like, love Miami. And it's like, God, this is a lot different, folks. Yeah. This is a lot different than Giants, than mm-hmm. Panthers, than all these sort of home games, right? And so it's like, you get these games where it's like the blowout is going to happen. And it's just a matter of, is it going to be a 10-point blowout or a 20-point blowout, right? Like, that's the, that's the teeter. Those games... You know, it's not video games, right? Like those games are different than this. This is championship football type games, right? Like this is like we're doing this and coming off of a loss where everything is going to be, you'd like to think a little bit more tightened up and Miami going from like the warmth of Miami. And again, when I say warmth, I don't even mean just the weather. I mean, the setup with those games to Listen, it wasn't cold in Buffalo, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a chilly night in Philadelphia on Sunday, yeah. right? And they're gonna hit him in the mouth. They're gonna hit him over and over and over again. It would be really, 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 really impressive if the Dolphins won this game on the road. And I don't know, and that's not even saying that like the Dolphins aren't the better team than the Eagles. They might be. Um, market ratings suggest that this should be maybe even a little bit tighter. But you, again, you're basing your market ratings off of point spreads created off of games where Miami was going to blow the team out that they're, you know, their opponent. So 
like Miami's going to be inflated because 11 never feels like enough against the Giants, mm-hmm. against the Panthers. Yeah. So like, it's always going to move up. It's like, yeah, they're probably going to blow them up. Yeah. So, but the, you know, if they played the bills every week or bills like teams, i.e. the Eagles, which are very sort of bills like in their quality and their style, then like, yeah, the, I'm not going to say it's going to be as easy as the bills game was, but like, that wouldn't surprise me necessarily. Right. Yeah. So I get why this number is kind of come not at three, why it's even come down from two and a half. Maybe we even get down to one and a half because the market suggests like that's what the number is supposed to be. But from a rating standpoint, I have this like Eagles minus 3.3. Like yeah. I'm good at basically three or more. I mean, obviously I want to capture the key number three, which it doesn't appear like I'm going to have any problem doing. Cause I can literally bet it right now at minus two. Um, so yeah, I'm right there with you. I think this is, you know, an Eagles, this is, I, this is, listen, this is a spot, right? Like this is the like, all right, it's time here for the Eagles to like really show us something. And having lost last week, honestly, I think Miami was probably seeing them lose and was like, uh-oh. Yeah. Right? Like that's <laughs> gonna be a problem. No, totally there with you. Totally understand. Uh Eagles minus two big boy games Sunday night. Can't wait for that one. Uh rounding out week seven's action. We got my Niners on the road laying seven points against the Vikings. This is just a tough one because we don't really know like what the Niners injury situation is as we record this on yeah. Wednesday. And obviously they play on Monday when you're talking about names like Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, uh, Trent Williams, like those guys matter. Those guys matter. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Yeah. So we're sitting here at minus seven and I feel like, or I'm hoping that, Maybe some of these guys will play. At least two of them will. Trent Williams, I assume, will play because he's always banged up anyways at yeah. this stage of his career. So I'm assuming he'll play. Basically, I'm laying I'm laying the points with the Niners here at minus seven. And my thought process here is I just need one of Debo or McCaffrey to play in this game. And I'll be comfortable laying the seven points with the Niners on the road against the Vikings. I feel like Shanahan, you know, that game, again, all the things that went wrong, they still could have come out of that game with a victory against the Browns. This yeah. is a lot more difficult as you're on the road in Minnesota. It's Monday night, all that mm-hmm. fun stuff. But I feel like they know the situation that they'll be in and dealing with the injuries. And if there's a guy that I want to plan accordingly, it's going to be Shanahan. So give me the Niners laying the seven points on the road. <sighs> <laughs> This is tough. I mean, honestly, I, I, I okay, like I'll put it this way, right? Like, if you want my real opinion, like come to the score on Monday and I'll have a bet for you. In, yeah, yeah, in, yeah, right. Like, because, like, I can't even, this is certainly, I don't have a strong enough opinion where this is going to be some sort of a contest pick, for example. Yeah, yeah. Right? We because don't know like, who's going to play. We, yeah, like, there's it's, so much time between now and then. So yeah. I look at it and I go, okay, comparable point spreads, right? Like, the only one I, we talked about this two weeks ago was Chiefs at, vikings yeah and she said vikings closed what four yeah right it was three and a half four yeah Yeah, three and a half four like came down came down came down are the 49ers that much better than the chiefs no they're like obviously it's pretty comparable team certainly from a rating standpoint they're literally one and two and it's up to you to just sort of decide which you sort of feel better about but they're basically the one two in the league obviously the main difference between that game and this game is justin jefferson's absence and you know, I don't know what to make of the Vikings because it's like, all right, the Vikings, 
weren't exactly moving it up and down the field against the bears last week. Mm -hmm. And is that a function of being outdoors? Is that a function of the first week without Justin Jefferson needing more time to kind of come up with like, honestly, better scheme without Justin Jefferson, eight days for Kevin O'Connell. Like, is that, you know, going to be enough? The answer to that is like, maybe, you know, and then obviously, as you said, right, like Christian McCaffrey matters, like most running backs don't really matter, but he does like, that's the point of Christian McCaffrey. Debo, I don't know that he matters that much as far as like, you know, this game, per, you know, per se, like they yeah, can get yeah. by without him. And obviously I think we, you, we both agree that Trent Williams is going to be able to play, right? And like, yeah, I mean, not surprising that in the colder kind of grim weather, like you're going to have more injuries than when it's warm out, right? It's just science. So, um, yeah, like obviously like if Chris McCaffrey's out and I'm getting plus seven, like I'm super into that. Um, <laughs> and I don't really care whether Debo's in or not, like, relative to that bet yeah, yeah um if those guys are all out and again I, when i say those guys are out because again i don't think trent williams is going to be out but if mccaffrey's out and it causes this line to like go down to say minus four and a half then i'm gonna like the 49ers because yeah. the vikings don't have justin jefferson so that four and a half equating to the chiefs doesn't make any sense anymore because the vikings aren't sort of at their full strength right yeah so like if that if we find that out on Sunday, which is a full like what three days from now, mm-hmm. or Sunday night or Monday morning, like and the line plummets, or sort of slowly drifts, you know, as we sort of see that the that those guys might be out. But like right now, if I had to make the bet, then I bet I'd take the seven with the Vikings. Yeah, no, I would I right because it's I mean it's not going to be it's not the same situation as going to Cleveland because mm-hmm. obviously the defenses are different and this and the weather's obviously different. But like it's still not it's still a tough game and asking a lot to cover more than seven points. Yeah. And you're asking a lot from a Niners team that clearly will be going into games where you're dealing with injuries of, yeah, we're just trying to get out of here with the win. Right. Like, so I, I totally get it. Uh, at seven, I'll take the push if they win by a touchdown. That's kind of where I'm at on this number. I, I mean, it's a difficult one for sure. And again, tough to deep dive on a game when you're dealing with massive injuries on a Monday night and we're days out in it in advance so check back later for sure on the interwebs to find out more as the game draws near speaking of said interwebs where can the good people find you online my dude yeah at mrus authentic on twitter um and in the score app uh everybody's got the score app downloaded uh get on bet mode if you're not especially if you're in ontario uh but all the betting content there in the uh, far left side the left tab if you will, um, should shout out my guy, Sam Ostry, who's doing NBA stuff for us this year. Everybody asked me, Hey, like, do you do NBA? I say, I know I do not. Uh, we kind of walk, you know, walk our way through it in the playoff time in the playoff and kind of figure out ratings and stuff like that. But he is a ball junkie. So if you're into the NBA, check us out over at the score for that. So much stuff going on, of course. And, you know, stay tuned for me as well. You can follow me online on Twitter or the app formerly known as Twitter <laughs> at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Thanks to the people who have been liking and subscribing to the pod, sharing the wealth, asking questions in our Twitter timelines as well. We always appreciate that and interacting with the fans and the little community we built along the way doing this pod, regardless of what it's called and regardless of what feed it's on. We appreciate that. As I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is a Clutch Pick sports betting podcast. As always, unpolished 
and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.